0: let's get it rolling right here right now this is the new generation declassified and you're listening to a brand new new generation declassified exclusively here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire if you didn't know by now my name is chad and every single week i'm joined by my crack broadcast team part of the new generation declassified brain trust and we go back in time Once again to tackle a match that had some pretty life scarring moments in it when you get to the end as we go to one part of SummerSlam 1994 that is the giant betrayal the great betrayal the double cross whatever you want to call it as we watch and listen to and talk about Tatanka versus Lex Luger. Well let's welcome in the team first CP how's everything going with you tonight.
1: Uh, you know, it's going pretty good, Chadster. I mean, you know, I hate to do this to you. I mean, we're friends and all,
0: but I know you sold out. <laughs> you Are you just assuming I sold out? No, I know. I, I have facts. What? Yeah? What, what are your facts? Uh, somebody said
1: it in an interview.
0: <laughs> and that was you, it?
1: I saw you yelling <laughs> at another
0: podcast guy in a locker room. <laughs> well, that could possibly happen, but uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely want to tackle that part of the, uh, the the breakdown for sure. But before we start to talk about that, also want to welcome in the man with the golden mouse, Mister Timmy W, there in the Sunshine State. A little dark tonight, I'm sure it's getting uh, the change of seasons upon us. But I think you're the one who sold out, Timmy W. <laughs>
2: Uh, No, I I gotta agree with CP here. I think you're the native turncoat.
0: Everyone, hashtag heel. What can I say? It's natural ability I got to uh, to play the heel, be the heel. I am the heel. Uh, But we're gonna talk about a scenario where we didn't know who the heel was, because this Lex Luger versus Tataka match at Summerslam '94 had one of the most confusing and compelling builds of any match from that time period. Uh, because we would take a guy like Alex Luger, who absolutely was the biggest star in the company the year before, and Tatanka, who was the giant babyface of all baby faces, undefeated for over a year. Uh, and these two titans would collide at the Summer Spectacular here, SummerSlam 1994 from the United Center in Chicago, the opening of the United Center in Chicago, uh, for a match that on paper and putting my 12, 13-year-old hat back on from that time, did not understand why they were having this match. And I think that's the first question that we will tackle. CP, why were they having this match? Uh,
1: that's a very good question, and I have no idea either. I mean, you uh, <laughs> you have Tatanka, who, who wasn't really a part of WrestleMania ten and was kind of floundering around towards the end of his, uh, I guess, face run. Um, And then you have Lex Luger, who was a main event guy, as you mentioned, for a year. It seemed like he was going to be in a feud with Mr. Perfect, but then Mr. Perfect just kind of disappeared. And I guess they just didn't know what to do with either guy at the time.
0: Yeah, I believe Tatanka was gone because around WrestleMania time because there was a personal matter that, uh, that came to light. There was an incident in a hotel, and Tatanka, I believe, was a part of it. I don't want to say something out of school. I don't have the physical... Uh, uh, documentation there in front of me, but I believe that's why he was out of WrestleMania. Um, but Lex Luger, yeah, at WrestleMania is, is basically in the co-main event, fighting for the chance to be in the main event against whomever the champion was going to be, uh, him or Yokozuna taking on Bret Hart. And uh, as that summer went on, the Million Dollar Man became a huge focal point of WWF TV, not only was he interjected into this kind of out of nowhere storyline. He was also very busy with the Undertaker versus Undertaker storyline going on as well. So the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, back in January of 94, thrust into that top spot and into the two basically major non-title feuds going on in the company at that point.
1: Yeah, what was going on through Ted DiBiase's brain where he had to just keep insisting that he had people as part of his clan that were major stars?
0: What do you mean? And what in which way? <laughs> it seemed like
1: both Lex Luger and The Undertaker were almost were under a similar storyline almost, like yeah. in different parts of the card. He was just yeah, trying it's to weird. insist everyone that they were his guys.
0: Yeah, it's very weird. Well, he's putting together a corporation. So at this point in 1994. We've got the, uh, the, the, of course, the association with IRS is continuing. um, And the great association with Nikolai Volkov, which was just kind of another, that could be a minor uh, little storyline we tackle at one point, because that would be a fun episode, the trials and tribulations of Nikolai Volkov, who just randomly appeared in the crowd out of nowhere. um, And then uh, (laughs) it was apparently down on his luck and was purchased by the million dollar man to basically be like a Virgil 2.0. And um, we would see him trade in his Soviet tights for a big black pair of trunks with a with a cent on it, not even a dollar sign. Poor Nikolai just got a cent on the side, but he would basically be the lead henchman there of the corporation for quite a while. And at the beginning of this uh, story unfolding, you know, we get to see a match here in front of us with Nikolai Volkov taking on Tatanka. But Tatanka, man, just again, what was going on with him? He disappeared. He's back. But he's throwing shade at, at made-in-the-USA Lex Luger, seemingly out of nowhere.
1: He he just, despite how long he's been friends with him, he just knows he sold out. That's the whole thing. <laughs> he believes Ted DiBiase over Lex Luger.
0: And this all stems from, uh, I believe it was the King's Court was the first time this was brought up with Jerry Lawler and the Million Dollar Man, where he basically, you know, they were alluding to a sellout. They were alluding to somebody was jumping ship uh, and joining the corporation. And as it unfolded, it was the accusation that Lex Luger was taking the dirty money of the million dollar man and it would unfold across many of the syndicated shows many of the little talk shows they had at the time like the heartbreak hotel and it would be pitted tatanka against lex luger with tatanka having this undenying proof (laughs) (laughs) lex luger was selling out literally like where the hell did this come from there was not even a hint of it anywhere
1: no it was it was nowhere before that and uh can I just mention something great about that King's court? That is the uh, That King's court was taking place in the million-dollar man's office. And I it does not seem to be that impressive for the office <laughs> of the million-dollar man who has unlimited resources to purchase whoever he wants.
0: Yeah, that was either probably a random, like, uh, I'm sure the way lo- the design looks, <laughs> it looks like it's just a random office in Titan Tower that they must have done that or it was in the production studio uh, right down the street from Titan Tower in Connecticut, and uh, a lot of those rooms look exactly alike. So I'm guessing that's what it was. They probably just kicked the guy from accounting out for ten minutes <laughs> while they uh, while they did this uh, this little segment. But uh, you know the the Tatanka story is is interesting from basically the fact he was about as babyface as babyface was going to get. Just you know a year before he had the the you know the cool red mohawk. With the you know with the long hair and he had the you know the the headdress and he had the the, the great um, undefeated streak that went on for so long that you kind of felt like he was going to be in line for maybe that intercontinental championship, maybe that top of the card spot, not necessarily the world champ, but a, a upper tier uh, babyface. Uh, very long feud with Bam Bam Bigelow that that chronicled about a year and. Um, you know, when he comes back, he's a little, he's a little bulkier. He looks a little different. He lost the red streak. Um, but it's kind of a different Atanka to that you were seeing. He's a little more aggressive, um, but still a baby face. And I, I thought it was a cool dimension. I thought he came back with a kind of a different look and a little more modern than just, you know, the the Native American with the headdress and the makeup and all that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he, he was uh, like, I think the saga was probably more over at a time than people give him credit for too. I mean, yeah, I was definitely behind him as a kid when he was a face, even even prior to this. But at this time, too, I was happy he was back.
0: Yeah, and he was a victim of politics too. He was a victim of the clique in a certain way uh, around WrestleMania 9. I mean, I think everybody and their mother thought he was winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 9. And it is basically one of the most forgettable matches that there could possibly be in the history of WrestleMania for the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship, um, including throwing in Sensational Sherry and Luna into the mix in that uh, WrestleMania 9 uh, title match. But, you know, what we're watching here is we watch basically a beatdown go on between uh, the Million Dollar Corporation members, Bam Bam Bigel and IRS taking out Tatanka and uh, Lex Luger makes the save, but is cornered by the Million Dollar Man. And as Tatanka turns around, they kind of do the old bumping elbows and Luger's holding a fistful of dollars.
1: (laughs) I just don't understand. Yeah, Tatanka is just not very intelligent in this feud or he's the smartest person in it the whole time. I don't know which one,
0: you know, and and it's basically I love that I love the old baby faces knocking into one another innocently and looking at Tatanka's getting the war <laughs> dance started up. He's getting fired up, and and this is I guess where we you know because they're baby faces we were supposed to believe they were buddies. You know what I mean? It was uh, yeah. that that's another kind of funny uh, schlocky part of that era. Just because you guys were good guys meant you were you were best friends, but we had to get the here are the officials your Rene Goules and Tony Gareas of the world separating tatanka and lex luger which you know this stinks out of nowhere these two are, are are at odds because of a uh alleged association with the million dollar man now let's talk about the million dollar corporation at that point not at the strength they would be in 95 but how about this why don't you pause the tape right here timmy so why don't let's talk about the corporation itself so you got your irs you got your bam bam we would soon see the other member coming soon. Uh, King Kong Bundy was a few months away. Where do you see the Million Dollar Corporation at this point in 94? Uh,
1: I believe the corporation is coming along. As you said, it's still kind of in its infancy, but it's a fun little group. I mean, to have uh, Bam Bam out there, kind of, I'd say he's probably the leader or at least the top guy at the time. Uh, they're, they're sort of coming together, but they're still kind of a mid range faction. Um, And in the early summer, you have that fake Undertaker, who's not really—he's separated from the corporation, but he sort of gives DiBiase's guys a little more credibility to a
0: degree, maybe. Right. What do you think, Timmy? How about the corporation at this point?
2: I just remember as a kid, like they—they were the evil, uh, you know, the evil gang that the bullies that uh, you hated, and every time they added another guy to the faction, you just despised that guy. I mean, at that time, you know, it was was a good heel faction. I think they had, they served a well, you know, formulated part of that era. Uh,
0: you know, it's funny you mentioned the uh, the thing about The Undertaker not really being associated, or excuse me, the fake, and I hate saying it, the under yeah. faker, um, <laughs> uh, saying that he's not a part of the corporation. In some of the dark matches on the television tapings, Lex Luger was having matches with the fake undertaker or Ted DiBiase's undertaker. So they did kind of associate it. And that basically would be a DQ finish. Bam Bam Bigelow would do the run in. And that's how the matches were usually ending. So they did never, they never associated directly on television, but on the house shows and in dark matches, they were making that connection between Ted DiBiase's undertaker and the million dollar corporation.
1: Was Leslie Nielsen on any of those house shows?
0: <laughs> Come on. We, we only bring in the big stars for the pay-per-views. That's, uh, <laughs> th- that, that's blasphemy. But I, I was trying to kind of sync up the house shows and see, you know, where these guys may interact, Were they continuing this on the house shows. And it looked like Luger and Tatanka were on completely different loops. So you basically had Tatanka was still filling out the, you know, you know, BC show. Top babyface spots, you know, battling IRS in the main event. When Luger is pretty much in the main events of those shows, taking on you know whomever you want to say. If it was Owen Hart, or if it was Yokozuna, um, Luger is still basically getting the A babyface main event spots. Um, so the only time these guys are interacting is on television. So I thought that was an interesting little nugget to kind of look into the backstory of how this build got together. Because again, it just is—it's very odd that. Yeah. Tatanka was doing this. Piece.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's another odd piece. You'd think they would be intertwined and sort of getting, I, maybe having tag matches where they're getting in arguments during house shows, something like that, something where they're together.
0: No, no. I'm looking at this even at Madison Square Garden here. You got uh, IRS defeating Tatanka in a strap match when Tatanka knocked IRS into the fourth and final corner. And Lex Luger is not on this garden show. Main event, Bret Hart and Razor Ramon uh, defeating Owen Hart and Jim Neidhart. That's a hell of a main event. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great damn main event. Uh, But yeah, no Luger on that show. So they were on different loops, you know, and then you look a little bit further down the uh, the road. How about this? Omaha, Nebraska, that same day, Lex Luger defeats the barbarian (laughs) subbing for crush (laughs) (laughs) with no doubt the, you know, the loaded forearm, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And he's back to the barbarian. Yeah, for one night only, right? Um now how about Tatanka kind of evolving and talking a little bit more? You know, we heard like, you know, your basic kind of uh Native American style promos, you know, the spirits, you know, the uh the, the you know, the the ghosts and the powers and the you know the the tribes and all that stuff, but now we're seeing Tatanka in a different light and he's getting more mic time. So we think about Tatanka, you know, spitting on the mic a couple of times, and kind of you get to hear the real guy behind the uh, the Native American Tatanka.
1: Yeah, and he, and he was okay. Like it's uh it's it's more interesting probably than hearing uh the way he always talks prior. It just it was a little repetitive because it seemed like all he did was say you sold out uh, every time he talked
0: for several weeks in a row. So back to the match that I had Timmy pause a couple minutes ago. Uh, this was the SummerSlam Spectacular, which, you know, are great little nuggets to the uh, SummerSlam buildup. It's also there was the, the March to WrestleMania, the Survivor Series showdown. The SummerSlam Spectacular pitted Crush against Lex Luger. And basically a million dollar man distraction led to Lex Luger getting the victory. And this was another just absolute, uh, you know, burn to Tatanka, to and that he was pissed. That DiBiase, uh, even though Luger, I believe, slapped the money out of his hands, it's still the distraction led to the victory, and uh, you know the the mounting evidence, if you will, uh, against Luger. Oh no, it was or was it Crush that knocked the money out of his hands? And the forearm, which was a loaded forearm, led to the victory here. Man, Tatanka's case is mountain. I'll give it that.
1: Yeah, I mean that's all the evidence you need right there. Uh, I mean distraction from Dibiase Luger gets the win he's clearly in the corporation
0: now how'd you feel about the play-by-play and the color on these talking about Luger and Tatanka? did you feel they were giving things away did you feel like they were playing it a little one-sided or did you like the devil's advocate role usually played by Vince uh for the most part yeah no I don't I don't think they gave it away though I mean it, it seems
1: like uh the shows where Macho Man was commentating, he was almost
0: hesitant to not agree with Tatanka because he trusted him so much. <laughs> so great. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just so great. That is like that. That's basically how I felt. That, that that's because I would sit there and I would say, why would we see Luger turn heel after we just watched this triumphant build to fight Yokozuna a year ago? Why? Why would he be turning just like that for the money? It doesn't make any sense. He's the man made in the USA. This is the Lex Express. It ain't happening like that.
1: But there it is right there. You can't turn down that green.
0: But there it is. And let's talk about SummerSlam 94, uh, a huge benchmark uh, pay-per-view. The United Center, the home of the Chicago Bulls, uh, sparkling new at this point. And I believe they were the first event held at this United Center. But here's a funny little nugget to the show is it's actually hosted by the Macho Man. So we'd see him depart a few months down the road and he's just playing the host role on the, on the show itself. And that sucks. I mean, that just, that's that, that stinks that this is Macho Man's last pay-per-view appearance is just holding a microphone in the entranceway and giving us a little backstory here and there. And some comments that, that kind of sucks on the, uh, the end of the Macho Man's WWF run.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, there's very few people better than the macho man. And he's probably one of the more entertaining commentary guys ever. That doesn't really ever get talked about in that regard. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's definitely not the best way for uh, him to have his last pay-per-view.
0: Pause that video here. I almost wish that, um, well, cause I have to get my weekly pet and gill in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, great face by the way, by the Toddster. Um, <laughs> you almost wish that they could have booked the macho man to have like Luger's back or something just to have him involved in a match. Because if you've got the million dollar corporation on one side and you have what's happening, don't you think that what would happen at the end of the match would have an even greater impact if the macho man got decked or the macho man got knocked out. I have a feeling it would have led to maybe a stronger (laughs) heel run. um, If you're taking out a beloved figure like the macho man, instead of just having him on the outside. Yeah, no,
1: that would have been cool. Or if uh, the macho man just happens to be broke and turns
0: on somebody and then is wearing a scent shirt like Nikolai Volkoff. <laughs> poor Nikolai. That was <laughs> And those suits. He had the same suit. He wore the same suit every week. Not, uh, And then he would trade the suit in for like the old uh, like dirtbag style tuxedo t-shirt. So this poor guy would be wearing the tuxedo t-shirt tucked into his scents tights. And it was uh, for a WWE Hall of Famer, a, be- a beloved, longtime uh, Federation era guy like Nikolai. It was, uh, you got to think he really needed that uh, the money at that point. God rest your soul, Nikolai. You were a lovely man. That's a- that's what I will say. <laughs> I
1: mean, he was a representative of the Soviet
0: Union. Did he need an income or did he just have an automatic income? I don't know <laughs> these questions. That's true. That is very true. Uh, now, Timmy, you can hit the play button because I feel as if this visual right here, is exactly the like the the epitome of this build up is this backstage interview with the two of them where you kind of see the, the, the they're they're not settled either one of them they they're both they they're they're playing this to the T and they're knocking it out of the park and they did a WWF hotline poll they give the results of the poll and Tatanka is just shaking his head he is not <laughs> he he is just can't believe 54% say that Lex Luger yes has indeed sold out. They believe Native American Tatanka where 46% say no. And this is what Tatanka is hitting home say, look, it's not just me, crazy. I these people believe in it too. I can't, you sold out and I'm going to prove you sold out and he's going to beat him in a match here at SummerSlam. And to me this is just this this image and this backstage promo may be the best thing on SummerSlam. We also see the proof in the pudding that we just went over from uh, Tatanka giving visual aids uh, to help us along. Yeah, no, that promo is awesome. I uh, I actually watched that like a little while
1: ago, and I have I don't I haven't seen that in a bazillion years, but it was very entertaining. Tatanka's so serious about his accusations, and Lex Luger gets in his very defensive mode, but Tatanka runs through you know piece by piece. Exactly what happens, and it's fantastic. He's, he's got his whole case as organized as could be.
0: <laughs> Let's also not like discount the fact that, oh, this is my favorite one where the kid's standing outside Luger's locker room and DiBiase goes in with the bag. <laughs> what is the kid doing back there? How the hell did the kid get into the backstage area? Like, somebody explain that to me.
1: He, he used his money that uh, Ted DiBiase paid him when he kicked the basketball out of his hand.
0: I bet you if we do a merch uh, part two, we would love to find out who bought the Lex Luger uh, red duffel bag that Million Dollar Man, yeah. Ted DiBiase, was holding. Timmy, do you, you have a duffel bag? You got a Luger made in the USA duffel?
2: I wish I could say I did, but no, I, I missed out on that one. <laughs> I would like a Lex Luger made in the USA fanny pack, though. You know, that'd be pretty sweet.
0: I got to be honest. The jacket he's wearing is pretty badass. I would wear the jacket. It's 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 pretty sweet. I mean, it's white with the with, with the flag trim. You know, it's got his uh, his letters on the back. I I think that you could probably throw that on WWE shop and sell a couple Lex Luger made in the USA jackets around uh, you know uh, Labor Day, Independence Day. Look at that thing. That thing's sweet.
1: I would totally rock that on the Fourth of July every year. <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to compliment the Toddster on his uh, his bow tie. <laughs> so here's the classic Tatanka entrance. You know the uh, the rundown to the ring. Um, you know with that familiar yell, the music. I mean, Tatanka was was a staple. He's a mainstay. He's basically when we talk about this era being a transition era, he came in the, in '92, but he was like you know, a top priority guy here. So this is, this could be, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and you, both of you, I'll give you the, the option to call me out. I'm going to say this is his biggest match in his WWF run right here.
1: I, I sort of thought about that earlier and I think you're right. I was trying to, I, I, I thought about it a little earlier and I was trying to uh think of another one. And the only, the only other thing I could really think of was the Shawn Michaels match, which you can't, put in there because of the way it ended. So I think you might be right. I think this is his biggest match.
0: Timmy.
2: No, if I, I'm the same way. <laughs> you think about it. There's nothing that comes to mind that would beat the, the top of this.
0: Well, I mean, he main evented King of the ring 95 with uh, Sid against diesel and Bam Bam, but that's a very unforgettable match. Uh, he had a really hot opening match with uh, Bam Bam at uh, the Royal rumble in 94 uh so that was another one that you could kind of throw in there yeah maybe yeah. Some of those doink,
2: maybe there's some of those evil doink matches back in the day you know
0: yeah no there's a lot i mean you know the model he had some great matches with rick Martel. um but yeah i mean in terms of this this is probably the best build and the best execution so now here's another little nugget that gets you Lex Luger slapping hands on the way down and this guy can't be turning heel. He's, he's a good guy. You know, Tatanka did his little salute in the corner. You know, this is like, I'm telling you at this point, I just, I don't know what to think. I'm not sure. It's absolutely up for grabs. Maybe nobody's turning. Maybe it's all a ruse. Maybe Dibiase just got these guys to uh, turn on each other. And you know, the corporation will just pick them both apart. How about that? We never thought about that.
2: But you know, it can't be Tatanka, though. You know, that's the last thing you're thinking at this point.
0: I'll be honest; I don't think it ever crossed my mind. I, yeah. I, I really don't. And I'm going all the way back to '94. I never, in a million years, thought that. CP, were you smarter? Were you, were you in tune? Did you feel the pulse? I feel like I thought it was possible that it was Tatanka, but I never, I didn't want, want that to be
1: true because, as I mentioned earlier, I liked Tatanka, and I was, uh, I was not a Luger guy. So
0: now, are you just saying that because the Tatanka Hasbro figure had the perfect Samoan <laughs> drop action and you didn't need to like, you know, exaggerate the finishing <laughs> maneuver? Is that why he was such a favorite of yours? Uh it's possibly part
1: of the reason. Uh, I think the only thing I liked more than that was the Jake the Snake punch where you could just uh, pull the spring back and it did a uh, ejection punch. But yeah, on, all yeah. you gotta
0: do was drape the guy on Tatanka's shoulders and drop him back.
1: And you I got know. yourself
0: a, a Samoan drop. It, it couldn't be any more perfect. We're not talking uh, Rick Rude-style Rude Awakening perfect, but, you know, it's um, it was close enough. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, it definitely worked a lot better than the Jimmy Snuka catapult jump thing.
0: <laughs> oh, that was the worst. Those were, were the absolute freaking worst but we can talk about that on uh, another merch episode as we dive uh into the match so the match itself you know look we'll, we'll skip ahead in a few seconds here it's it's a pretty for these two guys it's pretty lengthy um but i think it's what it needed it, it couldn't be a short match and i think what is it like eight minutes and i mean lengthy being eight minutes um because there's a lot of histrionics before it's a lot of talking and it's still a lot of finger pointing Uh, But that's the psychology, and the the crowd was buying into it, lock, stock, and barrel. And for a late summer night, this is traditional SummerSlam territory for me, August 29th, 1994. This is the week before school is starting. So this is, you know, you're at your fever pitch, and it takes them a few minutes before they they end up locking up because they milked it. (laughs) And damn it, they did a great job.
1: Absolutely, yeah. They, They got that crowd riled up. Tatanka wants everyone to know that Lex Luger is in that million dollar corporation.
0: And like I said, lengthy match, it's six minutes and two seconds. But <laughs> I mean, for these two guys, I can't necessarily say that that was like, you know, uh, I was expecting uh, 90 seconds. But I can't say that I it felt like 30 minutes because it, it felt a little longer in the tooth. But that's the pre-match build, the match itself, the post-match histrionics. And then the post-match, post-match. And it's like, there you go. That's a good chunk of time.
1: Yeah, no, the pre-build is basically half the match. And then DiBiase making his present felts and the aftermath of that is half the match. The,
2: The duffel bag has entered the building.
0: The duffel bag is back. Look, a patented Lex Luger power slam. He's getting ready to set up for victory. He's giving the sign for the torture rack, but he didn't really do the torture rack at this point. It was more about the forearm. Uh, but here's DiBiase on the steps with the money. And he's saying to Lex, like, or Lex saying to him, like, no, man, get out of here. I don't need you. Get out. And oh, from behind, here comes to the the roll up and the victory. <laughs> Just like that. That was,
1: uh, you know, that was what all that was for. That roll up victory.
0: A roll up victory. Yeah. Who would have thought that Luger could have been held down for three seconds following a roll up at that size. <laughs> <laughs> well, you but know, now- what are you say? Yeah,
1: I was just gonna say he was caught off guard.
0: He was, and when you hit your head hits the back of the mat, man, you get stunned. So now this is great—the post-match kind of like in each other's face, chest to chest. DiBiase gets in the ring, and you still at this point, Tatanka's got like a "Hey, man, I had to do what I had to do to win the match" kind of thing going on, and he's seemingly apologetic to Luger that it had to end this way. And as Luger turns his attention back to DiBiase. You know, and he's he's pointing at him and just doing the I don't need your money speech. And he kicks the duffel bag <laughs> and he ki- hits the money. And then all of a sudden, wham, from behind. And I swear to God, I did not see this coming at all. To this day, I still get like a pop because I did not see it coming. Tatanka has turned heel. The crowd is stunned. They're all stunned.
1: The forty-eight. 48-
0: and, and uh, Vincent Lawler on commentary, is selling it like a million bucks. And here comes the first Samoan drop. He gives him a number of them. Oh my god, so perfectly pulled off. Why Tatanka? Why? I, I swear, it's it makes me just go back to being 13 years old and and going nuts, and thinking how in God's name is he going to be a bad guy?
1: It does. It's just, it is such a fun beatdown too. He's going into his. He gives him two Samoan drops his chops, his
0: kicks. I mean, he's just uh, giving him all the Tatanka stuff, and he's not stopping. Look at this, putting the boots to him. DiBiase standing on in admiration and appreciation. And it seems like now, like we said, you know, you got Bam Bam, you got IRS, you know, you got Nikolai, you'll have Bundy in a few months, and now you got Tatanka. So right here on this show, there's the hug. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That makes me sick, Tatanka. (laughs) But you're building uh, a little a little faction that would get stronger and stronger. And it's like this was the spot for Tatanka to take a top heel position. I mean, look at this you got Vin- look at Vince's reaction. Classic Vince, Lawler's laughing. I mean, done to absolute perfection uh on a huge show like SummerSlam. Kudos go to everybody involved.
1: No, oh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely uh, this one moment was definitely pulled off great. Uh, just and he's just Tataka just continues the beat down. This is a he is as heel as heel can be in this moment.
2: That was the beauty of those days, though, as you saw how long in the pre, you know, the build up to it. What two th- since July to the end of August is a good two two and a half month build up. Yeah, and it was just waiting in anticipation. What's next? What's next? And, and just that's
0: how it was. Chops, boots, two Samoan drops. Yeah, July, August, of ninety four. Man, it felt like forever, but that's the beauty of it. And I don't think you can do a buildup like that today. And Luger, you know, seemingly dead. I mean, just absolutely, you know, he can't get up. The The referees don't know what the hell to do. They can't believe what they saw. Now Tatanka's got the sneer and he's pointing at the camera and he's leaving with that million-dollar man green light. It's, it's, again, going back to the 94, man, I cannot believe that I'm watching this again.
1: I would love if one of those referees just stuck a dollar in Lex Luger's
0: mouth. <laughs> they did not have a one with the mullet. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> and now Tatanka to comes back a couple more boots to Lex, you know, and, and Lex just getting it handed to him. And I think the unfortunate part of this all, we're going to get one more. We're going to get a million dollar dream. There you go. The icing on the cake, the million dollar dream. Luger goes to sleep. Tatanka looking like a monster as this is uh, this segment's ending here. But I guess you can't really say it got much bigger than this after this night. Would you agree?
1: I mean, I would, I would agree. I don't think it did. The, uh, the undertaker undertaker match was a bit disappointing, but I mean with this feud for the two of them, oh, for the two of them, you got uh, this
0: hot, hot start. This two month yeah. build. And I gotta say, after this, it's pew, right down. It's just yeah, it's it's
2: all tag teams and then mid card, and that's it. Yeah,
0: and then they get to have like two random matches in 1995. Yeah. They, uh, I believe, they might have had a raw match at some point at the end of oh, the yeah. year. Is that what it is?
2: Well, they had the Survivor Series, right? Where and both teams- T-Tonk,
0: right, Tatanka takes the final pin, correct? Right. Let me see. I'm just trying to make sure here. Tatanka, bam, bam. Blah, blah. I think, uh, oh, Tatanka, they defeated Luger. Yeah Tatanka, yeah, Luger got pinned got
1: to by, yeah. Tatanka got pinned by Luger, though. I think Ken Kong Bundy got the win on Luger.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's see. Pritchard and Del Rey, when they tried to interfere, DiBiase and his entire team celebrated on the floor. The referee Luger's team uh, tended to Luger on the outside. Luger was triple-teamed by Bam I'm talking about. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Man, Luger is just hung out to dry. Good, good <laughs> lord. Poor guy. Well, you gotta, you gotta push Bundy here. This is his comeback. Now, here's where you see, yeah, we're looking at Survivor series. I mean, look at the look at the beef. Bundy, the great Bundy, rest in peace. Uh Bamba Bigelow, yes. rest in peace. And Tatanka dominating um Luger here. This is the end of Survivor series. But uh man, Luger just on his back like crazy. And that's where the high point of this feud is, is the night the turn happened. And that sucks. There's Billy Gunn looking great as (laughs) usual. Um, But yeah, man, that's, it's just unfortunate. It was such a hot angle and for it to not go really any further than that night is, uh, is, is unfortunate, but man, what a freaking, what a freaking moment, you know, absolute um, key, key night for Tatanka in his WWF run.
1: Yeah, no, that was a huge turn, and it was definitely a definitely a fun thing to see. And yeah, whether it was slightly expected or not expected at all, it definitely gets the uh, the kid blood tingling.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, I oh pop even God. more for it now than I did as a kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just remember being in complete denial. I mean, and I, I look, I know it sounds silly. I'm going to put the Mark hat on for that. I mean, like seriously, back then it you just didn't they you seemed like they were more telegraphed. You know, I can maybe put the, uh, the, the Rick Martell, Tito Santana turn in the same breath as that. Cause that one I was really young watching and was like shocked at uh, Martell turning, but this one being a little more cognizant of the happenings week to week, uh, just, you know, you didn't want it to be true. I hate to say <laughs> it. I hate to be uh, such a, a, Mark like that, but, um, just so perfectly done. That, that's really my my final synopsis of the whole thing. Perfectly done. And if I could watch it all over again in real time, I absolutely 100% would.
1: Yeah, what's interesting is I think Tatanka, one of his biggest moments after the SummerSlam match might be just getting to come out as, you know, the million-dollar corporation Tatanka for the first time. There was a Raw where he came out yes. of a limo in a suit, and it was like very NWO-ish, pre-NWO especially yeah. with
0: DiBiase there, but it was just, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it kind of went along with a WWF Magazine. It was either the cover or the cover story where he was, you know, in the suit with DiBiase and they're holding the money and they're laughing. And, and you know, I kind of like, I take it back to, and I don't know if they really made this direct correlation, but, I mean, were they trying to go for, like, the, quote, sleazy, like, Native American casino-style Native Americans, you know, and no shade. I'm not saying that in my context or point of view, but I'm just, you know, you you think of the portrayal in movies and television of the Native American casinos, like, were they going for that style of heel? The greedy, you know, I don't know, bad guy pretty much, you know what I mean? You think of like a Chuck Norris movie or Walker Texas Ranger style, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he he does kind of come across that way as you describe it. It's the You know, obviously the total opposite of the, you know, friendly, babyface, Native American style character that he was playing before. So that makes sense.
0: What do you think of that kind of character overall? Are you a fan of the, you know, the Native American, your cheap Jay Strongbow, you know, Tatanka, that style of, I I mean, I guess you could say gimmick. It's 100% never going to happen again because it would be absolutely uh, seen in a negative light. Um, but do you think, were you a fan of those? You think those, uh, those gimmicks stay over?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, you certainly can't really run one of those today. Although Tatanka was truly native American or he had, or half native American or something, I believe. Correct. Or am I wrong about that?
0: No, he was, yeah, no yeah, he was, yeah, no legit. Yeah, no, he was, uh, I believe a Lumbee Indian.
1: Yeah. Cause chief J is like
0: Italian, right? Yeah. Chief J a complete, <laughs> yeah absolutely uh 100 but, but yeah, um i think you can uh yeah i, I
1: enjoy over the top character gimmicks but yeah i don't know if they can get away with uh, a lot of those today i,
0: I think that's why i kind of liked him more in the second iteration when he came back because I, I didn't really love the headdress and the red scalp and all that i didn't that wasn't really my cup of tea i liked him more when he was wearing just. You know, like the uh, kind of like the fringe attire. And, you know, um, again, it was a little more bulky. Uh, I like that version of the talk more kind of the lead up to this uh, this turn. I like that version more than the traditional, you know, Native American style uh character just i don't know it never got me i was never like a karate guy i when ricky steamboat when i was a kid i never liked ricky steamboat because i never liked the karate actions that they had him do and then i saw him in wcw and i was like well why wasn't he like this in the wwf because he's awesome and uh i i don't know those things never really translated well with me but he's got to be a dragon yeah exactly i hate it but when he was breathing fire <laughs> oh my god i thought that was the lamest thing <laughs> and that's just like a te- that's even younger than watching Tatanka luger i thought i was so <laughs> lame but then i look back at it now and i know the story steamboat told me the story at, a, at an interview we did with him years and years ago of learning how to do the fire breathing from an actual like fire breathing like circus act and just yeah. Oh my gosh! Just the the actual like the 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 gritty part of learning how to do it, like that was impressive. <laughs> Could pay me enough to put that shit in my mouth. <laughs> well, he brought that with him when he went back to
1: WCW, right? Wasn't he doing yeah, that? Oh, you had to. Yeah, you had to.
0: Yeah, absolutely had to. Um, at that point, because they ne- WCW needed a uh, a little glitz and glamour and that Vince McMahon influence, so they just <laughs> stole him block stock and barrel with gave him just. He's back to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And uh, wrestling like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, but with the fire breathing and the, the gills and the, the you know, the dragon uh <laughs> headgear, never a fan,
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's good stuff, though.
0: All right, so uh, final thoughts, uh, let's give it a grade, um, or you know what, uh, yeah, let's give it a grade, letter grade, uh, the build, the match, the post match. And also factor in where the, the feud would go in your final grade. What do you give uh, Tatanka, Lex Luger, SummerSlam 94? I'll start with UCP. Ah, it's another tough one. Uh, if it's one overall grade, I
1: guess I'll give it like a five. But uh, I mean, again, like. A letter. I said a letter grade. Oh, what you're throwing me off. This is not what <laughs> we've done before.
0: <laughs> I bet I said a letter grade this time.
1: Okay. So do we have pluses and minuses?
0: Yes. You use plus <laughs> and minus as much as you need to. <laughs>
1: I'll give it a C with no plus or minus. Uh, I I would give literally like the the build up and the turn, if I could just like comp like encompass that section, I'd probably give it like an eight A minus, but it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it just it wasn't clear how why or how we got there and then it went nowhere and the these culmination matches didn't happen until late 94 or early 95 which doesn't really make any sense either so I, I would give it overall in the c range but uh there is a there is a small part of it building the the pure build up to that summer slam match that i think is probably a minus issue
0: how about you timmy
2: i think that that build up alone with the strength i, I give it a solid b you know yeah it didn't go anywhere but that just you don't get those kind of build ups anymore. And and to Tonka, man, after what watching this, he, he pulled it off so well at the end there. You know, when he made that turn, just to see him play a heel, it, it was impressive.
0: Yeah, I kind of fall along the lines of both of you. Um I I think that the build was good, but it was a little awkward. It just again it was out of nowhere and there was no definitive like, you know. Seeds dropped, or uh, you know they were teaming and, and you know for a long time, and you know what I mean. Like we had to assume they were friends because they were on what the Survivor Series team at one point, or about to be at one point. Survivor, so,
1: Survivor Series, yeah.
0: But but Tatanka was taken out of that match, so they didn't even get a chance to, to actually team. <laughs> so it was a, that was a little weird. Uh, so I, I kind of give the the first eyebrow raise to the build the actual night itself. An a-, a plus across the board from, like I said, the opening match uh, promo with two of them through the, you know, the, the pantomime finger pointing the match itself. And then the post-match beat down a plus across the board. Uh, and then the, the follow-up just getting a big fat F. So I kind of, am going to have to agree with you and giving it a C, but I'm going to give it a C plus because I want to give it a B, but it just that, that the absolute fizzle afterwards, just, completely kills it and maybe it would get a full b if, if the buildup was a little more clear um but nonetheless just exciting to watch it and uh really fun to to go back and check it out again because you you still get those little you know <laughs> those same little jitters that you get back then uh <laughs> watching it because it's fun can I ask one question
1: real quick go right ahead if this uh if this were all laid out properly which i, I doubt it was but did Tatanka always know he was going to join the million dollar corporation or did he choose to join after uh, he was offered at one point in the ring to join? And I was wondering if since he fought Nikolai Volkov like prior to that and stuff, if he wasn't always on board with that.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a very good question because you know, what are you trying to say? Like they had it coordinated that he was going to get his ass kicked you know, that's, that's kind of, that, that's where I said, like the buildup is just a little, a little questionable, albeit, you know, fun and watching all those syndicated shows and the, the little segments are fantastic. Um, yeah, it's it, what you're saying is right on the money. So we got with DiBiase ahead of time, DiBiase is like, look, I'm going to give you all this money, but we got to kick the crap out of you on a number of occasions. <laughs> Um, so you know, don't uh, don't take it personal. Uh, you know, it's your initiation. Where I know they have done logic like that in turns. They have said, like, oh, I took this, you know, for you guys. I, I want to say maybe it was off the top of my head, maybe like in that WCW, WWF Alliance, you know, um era that they did a, a, a sort of explanation like that, but it's a little far fetched. Uh, and you you don't think you want to beat your new teammate's ass. Before you, uh, you know, you welcome him in as a brother. You know, I can't can't get, I can't get down with that. (laughs) It's all for that cash, though. Absolutely. All right. Final thoughts? Anybody? Speak now or forever hold your peace.
2: For me, I just got to say that
0: uh, I got a new,
2: like, a newfound respect for the Million Dollar Corporation. Like, it's one of those factions you just don't think of when you're asked that question. You know, top five factions or who comes to mind, but. Rewatching these, you know, several different weeks we've done this. I, they they had a pretty strong faction going at that time, you know. They had some top notch stars there, and and you know some fizzles, but th- I think they helped carry the heels at that point in time.
1: I completely agree. Yeah. It is interesting. I know I mentioned the NWO a second ago talking about Tatanka, but I just think it's interesting to think this is like, you know, what two two summers yeah. prior to the NWO, and DiBiase was brought in to be their mouthpiece originally, and it was yeah. I'm just thinking if yeah, the the original vision was like million dollar corporation
0: 2.0. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, there was a hot rumor for a minute that uh, Tatanka was going to be one of the the members. That he was possibly the mystery man. Um, I remember that rumor very clearly uh, back in '96 when they were saying who's the third man, and and there were guys that were gone at that point because uh, basically '96. I mean, Tatanka is still toiling around, but he's he is basically gone. And, um, yeah, there was a rumor, you know, like I remember okay. British Bulldog was a rumor Tatanka was a rumor, um, Zuna was a rumor and it was guys that were off WWF TV at that point. And, uh, yeah, can you imagine that? What if Tatanka was the third man and not Hulk Hogan?
2: <laughs> oh, how history would have changed.
0: Go, go find your, your edition of Marvel's what if, and insert yeah. that story instead of, uh, Hulk Hogan joining the NWO. It would be 10 Maybe times Wrestling
2: bigger. what if too.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. you could have about 900 volumes of that, I'm sure. <laughs> but all right, well, let's head into the wrap up here. Of course, you're listening to New Generation Declassified on the TMPT Empire of podcasts. Uh, another great show, another fun walk back down memory lane, many more to come and a lot of things going on in our world. TMPTEmpire.com has all the podcast listings and all the great places you can find what we're doing on uh, this side of things. If you want to follow me, it's at Chad Emb on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, there you'll find all the, uh, the happenings with the triple threat podcast with the eyes up here podcast with Francine and uh, so many more things, but loving the new generation. Uh, always a lot of fun. And uh, CP, why don't you uh, let them know what's going on with your podcast. I spent some time with some boxing legends over the weekend and many uh, conversations about CP kept coming up. I don't know what it was. It was uh It was quite the the factoid thrown out there every so often.
1: (laughs) I know you were with Michael Spinks. That's uh, one of our most listened to episodes. It's the Spinks vs. Tyson episode, uh, which is episode eight, I believe. If you check out the season one archives, Stick and Move Stories podcast, uh, you can Google that and uh, it will come up. It's on Spotify and Anchor at the moment. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Pugs, P-U-G-Z-Z-Z, at Pugs with three Zs.
2: Timmy, what you got? Usual, find me at
0: Vazdefer on, on Twitter. Was, um, I'm pretty disgusted.
2: with to Tonka. Sorry,
0: they <laughs> <was gonna> say <laughs> they don't call him the best color guy in the business for nothing, folks. Um, yeah, another great episode, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, and again, keep the comments coming. Literally, smile on my face every week with each new comment. I sent a couple uh, out this week that we got, it was uh, it was great to hear, and I appreciate it. Uh, So for pugs with seven Z's and Mr. Vasteferon's, this is the Chadster. We will catch you next week, right here on new generation declassified. Don't you dare miss it. Thanks for listening to the two man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.